In your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 20. This will be the third in our installment on the days to come. The first two messages the Lord laid upon my heart were quite heavy but very relevant. How many were here for both of those? We talked about the things that have happened, the things that may happen, and the things that will happen. And last week we talked about the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And if you missed either of those, of course, you can go back and catch up online or grab a CD uh, from the uh, information table or media desk. But this morning I want to give you a, a word of encouragement. We had two heavy ones about the days to come. But I want you to leave infused and, and strengthened and exhorted this morning. So stand with me for just a, a few moments. We're going to read three verses here. Acts 20. 22 through 24. And Apostle Paul is speaking about his personal life as it was in that day, but it is so applicable to us in this last day as well and for the days to come. Paul said, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost witnesses that in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And here we feel in the last day bound in our spirit. We don't know how it's going to play out. We don't know at what level of persecution the Western world is going to experience. We don't know what the geopolitical fallout's going to be. We don't know where we are economically. There's a lot of these things the Lord hasn't told us. But Paul said he did tell me specific things that were going to happen. For Paul, he said, in every city, I'm going to await imprisonment and, and carry in my body the sufferings of the Lord Jesus. He said, but none of these things move me unmovable. Regardless of the evil I know is going to happen, unmovable. Regardless of the unknown, unmovable. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. How can we in the last days have that not as a confession, but a possession where we know that we are absolutely unmovable. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken, will remain. And that's what I want to minister to you too this morning. Father, thank you for this opportunity, privilege, and honor of mine to preach your word. I offer myself to you, O Lord, and I ask that you use me this morning. I bring before you nothing, uh, no gift or intellect or ability, but, O Lord, I'm available. And I pray that you would allow me to preach your word with such clarity that the people would receive life Quicken us by your spirit, O Lord, I pray. And may we leave this place with an exchange, a spiritual exchange. Maybe your confidence for our fear, your strength for our weakness. Let us be unmovable, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever read the Bible and think sometimes like they're just superhuman? Well, that was a Apostle Paul, I'm no Apostle Paul. You have Elijah praying that it might not rain and it didn't rain upon the face of the earth for three and a half years. And then he prayed that it would rain and it would rain. And others are taken into confinement and beaten with rods. And on their way out of the prison, they said, 
Oh, I'm so glad I was accounted worthy to be beat for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you ever read that any time? Am I the only one? And you go, I'm not sure I got the same goods that they have. That's one of the tricks that our own flesh plays upon us. Because it says of Elijah that he was a man just like you are. Yet he prayed. These men were... Uh, you look at the disciples, there were some that were prejudiced. There were some that struggled with money. Paul had a problem with anger. This man that's unmovable, he was in front of the Pharisees and the religious leaders and they were giving him a hard time and he was preaching and one of the guys leaned over and slapped him on the mouth. The, the high priest commanded that they slap him and they popped him across the mouth. So Paul, to the high priest, said, God smite you, you whited wall. And the pagan said, you shouldn't talk to the high priest that way. You're right, my bad. So they were flawed, but they never lied about their possession and their reality. Here's a man with the ground under him not only moving, but moving out of the way. The Holy Spirit had told him through the prophet Agabus that in every city you go to for the rest of your life sharing the gospel, prison and beatings await you. And he said, but none of these things... Move me. I want that in my soul. I want an unmovable. It, one of those, even when it's horrible, deal the next card. I know I'm okay. So when you say none of these things, here's, he was saying imprisonment, shackles, confinement, limitations, beating, loneliness, anguish, pressure, burdens, anxiety, disappointments, and disillusionment. He said, oh, those things. What are your things this morning? That can move you. I don't mean trouble you. That's not being moved. Moved means being pushed away from or voluntarily walking away from the person of Jesus Christ and his assignment for your life. Paul didn't say he didn't ever tremble or sway. He said, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing up. I'm not laying over. I'm standing. Having done all, stand with your loins girt about with truth. Stand. He said, they don't move me. They don't make me change. They don't, they don't cause me to change negatively. I cling tighter to the Lord when these things hit me. So for me to receive something like that, maybe you're not wired this way, but I need, I need to see the humanity part. Look at what Paul didn't say. Notice he didn't say, none of these things ever wound me. Rejection by the other apostles and the Jews he ministered to. Abandoned by Demas who loved this present world and forsook him in the middle of a missionary journey. Abandoned by John Mark. I'm glad he didn't say none of these things never wound me. He didn't say none of these things ever haunt me. His past being a persecutor of the church and a murderer of those who followed Jesus Christ. He didn't say none of these things ever humiliate me. Public flogging. Public mockery, false accusations, and nakedness. He didn't say none of these things ever discouraged me. He was repeatedly imprisoned, shipwrecked, hungry. And then after one shipwreck, he, he, he made it in on just a little piece of wood, floated into the island of Malta. Have you ever made it on a piece of little something? Just floated in, barely got to shore, shipwrecked. He's a prisoner, so he's locked up, incarcerated, on a ship, went through shipwreck, Made it all the way to the shore. They had a fire waiting on him. He was, whew, my luck's changed. Walked right over, got some sticks to throw in the fire. And out of the stick, 
jumps a viper and attaches to his arm. You ever felt like that? You're thinking, really? After all I've gone through? He never said, I, I, he never said I don't ever get disillusioned. He didn't ever say I'm not ever hurt or wounded. I like it that he didn't ever say that I wasn't scarred. Beatings. And one group of people took stones and beat him down to the ground and took stones and crushed his head until he died. He physically went into the third heaven. Most commentators believe he died in that moment and God brought him back. Paul was a man's man. But he was no different than you or I. Can you imagine him walking into a, an unholy group of people or scoffers or mockers? And, what authority do you preach unto us? And he'd pull up his t-shirt and he said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, wanna, I don't know who this is for, but there are some of you that have carried some scars for your faith. They've walked away. They've walked out. They've slandered. They've lied. But those scars closely identify with the one in heaven who when he was when Christ received his glory from the father he decided to keep the scars he said look at my hands look at my feet I know what it's like to be scarred in the will of God Paul was powerful there's something about going through stuff I just can't relate to nobody that's never hurt I can't relate to nobody that's never buried anything or lost anything I, I can't relate to someone that, don't know, that doesn't know what it's like to have to battle with depression or, or stay up at night and have to pray until you can pray. But pain makes strong Christians. Can I tell you something I've learned about Red Sea experiences? When you travel through the impossible and there's no hope for you to make it and you make it out the other side, when you come through the Red Sea, swollen Jordans don't scare you no more. You have something about you. you go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not moving with this little test. He didn't say he wasn't ever confused. He had a thorn in the flesh. He sought the Lord three times that God might relieve it. And he said, no, I'm going to keep it with you. But my grace is sufficient for that. He didn't say he didn't ever want to quit. I like it that it didn't say, Paul said, I've never considered quitting. As for me. I want to tell you that there comes a time in every life, ministry, assignment, marriage, parenting, job, responsibilities. There comes a time, many times in our life, where quit looks good. Where mountains seem unclimbable and hills seem uncrossable or gorges seem uncrossable. And quit is the most appealing part of all. I'm grateful that he didn't say, I don't ever feel like quitting. Here's what he said. I am not moved away from the Lord regardless. Regardless. So very quickly this morning, I want to tell you how we can be unmovable and how Paul was, or how Paul was unmovable and we do the same things. I am unmovable because of what I know. I know who I am and I know whose I am. Beloved, 1 John 3, 2 says, Now are we the sons of God. Today, I know whom I've believed in, and I'm persuaded that God could keep what I've committed to Him against that day. I know I'm God's, and God is mine. That reality is the foundation of your soul. 
That reality, I am God and God is mine. When you don't have an answer to anything else and you say, I am God and God is mine. I am God's and God is mine. I know that my foundation is solid because I, like the wise man and you, like the wise man, have built your life upon the words of God. The words of God govern your behavior, your choices, your actions. And when the storms of life hit your life, the result is different than the one who built his life upon the sand. Great destruction comes to that person. And God does not exempt us from the storms of life. But when your life is built upon the words, he that heareth my words and does them, that man is like a man that built on a solid foundation. And when the storm comes, his house stands. I know my roots run deep. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And that man is like a tree planted. Who does the planting? God takes your life and slams you into the earth and says, while you're here, you're good. Let your roots go down into him, which is Christ. And we're not careful in the year of drought. Neither do we cease yielding fruit. I am unmovable because of what I know. I know that my anchor is secure. Hebrews 6 says this. I love this verse. The hope we have is an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, and has entered into that within the veil. So who's the only one that's ever ascended through the veil in the heavenly tabernacle and sat down at the right hand of God? Who? Christ. So Christ is our anchor. So instead of picturing an anchor going downward, finding root in the bottom of an ocean, or finding a grip, Think of Christ, not quite the shape of an anchor, but think of him on his cross, raised from the dead and thrown all the way into the Holy of Holies, anchored behind the veil. And this anchor that we have is not holding on to the earth. It's holding on to heaven. And I am secure because he is secure. That's, see, it's not an issue of willpower. It's not an issue of effort. It's an issue of revelation. If I am God's and God is mine and he's planted me and I am secure in my identity, my position, and my anchor is connected to the throne of God, it is unmovable. How do you know you're going to make it? Because he's going to make it. I'm not just using semantics. It's not, oh, I'm just holding on to the Lord. My grip don't work. It's not just me holding on to. That's not a good illustration. I'm part of the rope. I'm connected to. And where he is, I go. I'm seated, as far as he's concerned, in heavenly places today. I am unmovable because of what I know. Number two. I am unmovable because I am secure in his love for me. The one temptation for many people as the days get worse and worse is going to be fear. What's going to happen to us when the persecution reaches the church here? Physical persecution, uh, political persecution, being locked up. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You are to be without fear, period. You say, well, I can't. Yes, you can. It's not by choice. It's by revelation. When you understand that perfect love 
cast out fear. I understand that God loves me and God orchestrates and God is in control and I have released my life to him. I know God loves me. I will not be afraid. The Bible says that when, and in nothing, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, that's an evident token to your adversaries of their coming destruction. You're not, you're not concerned. It, well, you're concerned, but you're not afraid. Fearing nothing. Here's the way Paul wrote in Romans. What can separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? Nope. But it is written, for your sake, many of us are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, do you see it again? He said, in all these things, I'm not moved. None of these things move me. And then he says here, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror. Not a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Well, how do you be more than a conqueror? You didn't do the fighting. The prize fighter wins the 12-round fight, comes home with a $20 million check in his hand. Both his eyes are closed. His lips moved over here. His nose slid off the side of his face. His blood caked on his mouth. He's got his sunglasses on and the belt draped over his shoulder. He's the conqueror. He walks in the door. His wife opens the door for him. He kisses her on the cheek and gives her the check. She's more than a conqueror. I got you laughing because you know it's coming. (laughs) My elder brother was stripped naked. Pulled the hair out of his face. Spat upon him and beat him to where the Bible says his face was, his visage was so marred that no one would recognize him. He died naked. Pierced, side. Resurrected unto life. And said to me, unbelievable, you're more than a conqueror. I finish you. Do me this one thing, John. Show them, just don't worry. Show them. That no matter what comes your way, show them. That I have every confidence that the one that died for me is going to keep me. And I will not dishonor him by living afraid. I will not. I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nothing to come. What? Nothing to come. The days had nothing to come. No, no height, depth, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come. Height, depth, nor any other creature. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing. Number three, I am unmovable because I have nothing else to lose. Humbly, I submit this to you. This is where some of us struggle today. We're movable because we're trying to hold on to everything. How am I going to hold on to my babies? How am I going to hold on to our home? How am I going to hold on to our job? How am I going to hold on to our career, our retirement, our plans, uh, all these? How do I hold on to them? When you are free from all things, it's easy to stand. Paul said it this way. The things that were counted gain to me, I counted them all but loss. I counted them all as loss. 
for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. You're not able to suffer the loss of anything that you've not already given away. Paul has said, I've already given it all to God. Absolute surrender is the first stage of absolute confidence. If God has everything, my past, my present, my tomorrow, my possessions, my health, my wife, and my babies, then he is responsible for keeping it, not me. The pressure comes because we trust us more than we trust him, and you don't have the strength of God to keep your life. I ain't got it. I can't keep it. Why would I want to keep it? I can't keep it. Paul said, I'm unmovable because I have nothing less, nothing else to lose. I've counted everything as loss. I've committed them all to his hand. And for many of you, we've already sent them on ahead. Treasures, set up for yourself treasures in heaven, not on this earth where moth and rust and thieves can get to it. Number four. I'm unmovable because I have no reputation to protect. Paul called himself the least of all saints in Ephesians 3. In 1 Timothy 1, he said, I am the chief of sinners. Paul was unmovable because he did not live on a pedestal. It's hard to fight the devil living on a little square pedestal. When you think of yourself more highly than you ought, let me word it this way. It doesn't hurt when you fall off a short pedestal. And we're unmovable because we have plenty of ground to fight on. We do not esteem ourselves as better than other people. Paul was unmovable because he already took the lowest place. And when you take the lowest place, you find yourself at the feet of Christ. Not arrogant. Not esteeming his giftedness. Not presenting himself a certain way. It's so easy to stand when you don't have a reputation to protect. In the history of our church, I haven't had many of these. I mean, I, according to my peers, and I know it well, I got it made. I, I have been loved and cared for, but I've had an occasional episode, you know. I had a guy one time come and schedule a meeting with me, and for about 20 minutes, he just told me off. It was like, thank you for the time to meet with you, Pastor. I said, no problem. That was the last kind thing he said. He tore into me, and da 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 I'm like, Kruk. I was just, just you know, over and over and over. And he said, and you're about to split this church. I said, no, I'm not. I'm thinking, have I tried it? No, I'm not doing that. He goes, you are? I said, oh, it's impossible. He said, what do you mean it's impossible? I said, well, for there to be a split, there has to be two sides, and I'm on your side. You know he scratched his head leaving going, what is wrong with this guy? And we got to the very end, and I said, now may I reply? He said, yes, absolutely. Well, it wasn't going to take 20 minutes, you know. I said, first of all, I'm not guilty of the things that you said. None of them. But I'm guilty of many, many things you never said. And I knelt in front of him and I said, would you pray for me that I would be a better pastor? You knew that threw a monkey wrench in his plans. And so he prayed this self-righteous, pious, it was horrible, really. And, you know. He just prayed over me. And you know he got in the car and called his wife. He's crazy. He's crazy. But I was able to withstand. Listen, you have it when people speak evil of you or at you or about you. Well, if you're already below what they're saying, you just 
are unmovable. I hear people say all the time, I just want the Lord to judge in this thing. You better I don't want nobody being judged. Nobody. Well, after all that happened to you, nobody. Because if he starts judging people, I'm in the mix. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to stand when you stop thinking of yourself as better than everybody else. Ooh, I hit something in, didn't I? Number five. We're almost done this morning. I'm unmovable because I have absolute confidence in him. Not in the church. Not in the pastor, not in a bishop, a cardinal, a pope, a strand of beads, a candle, a mantra. My confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. God, my Father, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the the witness of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm confident of His authority, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of His person. The Bible says, we beheld His glory. And this same God, this same Christ, the resurrected Lord, upholds all things by the word of his power. He spoke the ecosystems into existence and told the tide when to come in and come out. And the sun rises and sets like clockwork and it's upheld. It continues. Not a one-time thing. It continues by the word of his power. That means authority. I love to say that the king in heaven, the ruler, the judge, there's no appellate court. You don't like his ruling? Tough. He's the Lord. My father is the judge. And when you lay a charge against me for something he's already paid for, I'm good. See, I have confidence that he has not only the most powerful say, he has the last say. God has the last say over your life. When everybody's done talking... And say, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. And God says, that's my daughter. That trumps everything else everyone has said. And how freeing is it to live for one approval? Instead of all these crazy people that we fight for their approval. I'm confident of his power. When they showed those pictures, I was reminded that I was one of those waterhead babies was given a 0% chance to live. Zero, they told my father. Zero, they told my mother. What if he lives? Zero, they told my parents. Well, what if he lives? Your boy will not live. And if he does, he'll never have the mentality of a three-year-old. I love saying this part. I am not smart, but I got it all over a three-year-old. I I got it all up and down over a three-year-old. You remember what I told you about last words? How powerful they are? Last words. Anybody been in a room with a loved one and heard the last words? It's usually either something about loving you or I'm sorry or come here. You know what Christ's last words were before he ascended? He said, all power is given unto me. I want you to know that. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And I'm with you always. I'm confident in his power, provision. See, y'all come and you, we come to Sports Town and everything. You understand when we went to buy this building, we had $200,000? But God said, I'm going to give it to you. Watch this. And he flexes and stuff happens. Our barren home is now filled, you hear me, with noise. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Y'all pray for me. Y'all didn't tell me about this. Filled. 
Restoration came to the most barren of places. There are married couples in this room that a year ago you would have sworn you'd never make it. And God spoke an edict over your life and said, restore. There are people in this room that had stopped laughing and now you're joyful again. And it's not because you decided to turn over a new leaf. You didn't have no leaves. God's power God's power, His authority. See, we, we, we become fearful when we look at this world. And I know people, are so, they're, they're so worried when He's talk, talking about prophecy and end times about the Antichrist coming. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. He's the anti of something He can never be. I like it when Jesus went in the garden is. His deity was veiled and they came to get him to go kill him. And he said, whom do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And he just let a pulse of glory go out of him. I am he. Boom, the whole, the whole platoon went down. Do you realize this is funny? They're all in armor and everything. They can't get up. It <laughs> just clinking and clinking, clinking. One guy gets up, helps the other one. And they all get up again. And Jesus said, it's like Groundhog Day. He said, who do you look for? I ain't telling him. You tell him. I ain't telling him. And, and, and uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, watch. I am he. And they embrace. And he goes, let them go. You know what he's saying? If you, the way I read it, I ain't playing with you. And if my God, Christ, in the beginning was the what? The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Not a God was God. Christ stepped out on nothing. How do you stand on nothing? And spoke into existence everything that we are discovering. I am amazed at the scientific discovery, comma, and the ignorance that follows. We think we're smart because we found something. Like if you find something. Ooh, I found a nickel. Somebody made the nickel. And we go, look what we found. I discovered it. He made it. That's power. That's power. So we walk in confidence because we know who we're walking with. And I'm not giving you a pep rally. You need to know these things. If we stand in the shadow of the almighty God, that means he's in front of us and he's bigger than us. Abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm confident in His person. I'm confident in His presence. I'm confident in His promises. I'm confident in His power and His intentions. Oh, don't stumble on that. I just don't know what the Lord's doing. You know this. The end of it will be good. You know this. The end of it will be good. For we know that all things. You didn't hear me? All. Humbly I say this, that abuse you suffered, all things. That neglect, that person that abandoned you, that one that betrayed you, by the time God takes that fabric and weaves it to His intentions and with His purposes, by the time He's done with that rug, on the underside of the rug, you see all the flaws. But in heaven, when He flips it over, the glory of His Son is going to radiate from your life because all things work together for good. For everybody? 
Mm-mm. To those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We know He's working redemptively in every situation. Number six, I am unmovable because I do not let my past defeat me or my present control me. If you're taking notes, I do not let my past defeat me or the present control me. Paul wrote, from jail, by the way. I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was one of those Christians that had a rearview mirror but drove through the windshield. And some today, your problem is that you drive through the rearview mirror and look through the windshield. Paul said, I know where I've been. I know what's happened. And, but that, that, God has this huge windshield to look through. And he's already gone before me. The rearview mirror helps, but it doesn't lead. See, sometimes we talk about how the past shapes us. Yeah, but the future is what pulls us. I'm pressing on. From what? From what you went through. From where you've been, pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. I remember my vows to God. I remember my calling, my assignment, and my ministry. Would our musician come, please, whoever's playing this morning? When I heard our missionary couple speaking, I heard... um, Kevin's friends speaking and you hear, you know, Chloe talking about her passion to the, the, those that are poor. And then you hear um, someone talk about their prison ministry or prayer. The devil just wants to move you off your assignment because if he can take away that personal thing. See, you weren't there when we answered the call. I wasn't there when you knelt at your bed and said, I give you my life. Use it for, my glo- for your glory, Lord. I give you my life. The devil's trying to move us off of that by looking at our failures or, or what's coming and going. But we know and we understand that it's up to us to fulfill these intentions of the Lord. We're a soldier in the army wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul had a lot of regret, rearview mirror, but he had a lot going on in the windshield too. There was one story where these sons of Sceva tried to cast out a demon from a man and they said, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out of the man. And the demon spoke with the man's tongue and said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who are you? And they stripped the clothes off the men and drug them out of town, ran them out of town. But did you catch it? Here's this demon said, Paul we know. Whoo, I know Paul. Paul left a mark. They left physical marks on him. He left spiritual marks and he was snatching people out of the fire and winning rulers to Jesus. And if we are movable, we're going to be moved. The wind's going to blow harder. The opposition's going to come stronger. 
the cost is going to be greater. And everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken except the unmovable. Paul would tell you that he is empowered by the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I'm unmovable in my stand, unmovable in my faith, unmovable in my confession, unmovable in my determination, unmovable in my calling, and unmovable in my destination. None of these things move me. What kind of power is it when you can stand and feel hell's breath on your face and you say, none of these things move me? What are you going to do with him? Nothing. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in him and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The devil doesn't want the secret to get out. And I'm going to give it to you. Unmovable people know that the only person that can move you is you. I've waited all morning to tell you. They can't move you away from him. They can't take you out of his hand. They can't stop you from doing what you've been called to do. Fear can cause you to move away. But Paul said, none of these things move me. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is this. We're unmovable. Sis, we've come too far. I'm, I can't have suffered what I've suffered and not get the reward. I can't walk through what I've walked through and not make it home. If we pull back from him... It would have been better had we never started. So the devil's going to, it's like the Wizard of Oz. He's going to blow the smoke and make the fire come up and everything. But you pull back the curtain and you realize that our elder brother Jesus whipped him 2,000 years ago and took his keys. Oh, Kelly. You're going to have economic times and they're going, they're going to persecute your husband. They'll take your house. It's not my house. Uh, it's going to affect your babies. Whose babies? God's babies. We, it was his gift. That confidence. You're going to need it in the last day. And listen, you ain't got to scream like I'm trying to get it into you. You just walk around with it. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. And in nothing. Terrified by your adversaries. And nothing. And bad report. Nothing. Threats. Nothing. 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 We may get skin up before we leave. But we're not afraid. We're not afraid. Jesus said. Do you not think I can give the word and call down 12 legions of angels? I didn't come to be comfortable. I came to fulfill a cause. And as he was sent into the world. So sends he you. Confidence is a beautiful thing. Now I want to be very honest before I let you go home. I've been honest so far, but I'm going to be honest some more, more honest. I think about it. I think about the days to come and what the cost is going to be. I've set a goal. I don't know that I'll reach it because I have many, many flaws in many areas. 
I don't ever want my babies to see me afraid. None of these things move me. I watched my daddy die. I watched him leave this world. One hand on his children and one in the next. I watched him slip his hand up in that little pulley in the hospital room when we walked out the door and he would worship the Lord because he couldn't hold his hand up. Cards were being dealt one after the other. Cancer and kidney failure and blindness and infection and all this. And he goes, none of these things move me. They hurt, but they don't move me. Will you allow yourself the permission to be what any person can be? Unmovable. No difference in us. Would you bow your heads and just pray where you're seated this morning, would you? Church family, would you stand with us this morning? Church family, I've shared with you the last couple of weeks how I felt the Lord speaking to me by His Spirit about get ready, get ready for what is right about to come. Not only are we looking for our Savior, but there will be great trial and testing and temptation and persecution and loss. All, all those things are coming. God wants you not to worry about it. He doesn't want us to stick our head in the sand so we don't worry. He wants you to see it face on and sleep. He wants you to see it as it is and all of its threats. You just reach up and say, are you still there? I'm still here. Got you. I got you. I got you. Let me read this verse before you go home today. In Romans 8, it says, for whom God foreknew, that's you, he predestinated you to be conformed to the image of his son, that Christ would be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, the ones he predestinated, you, he called. 
And to those he called, he justified. And to those he justified, he glorified. I'm not glorified. Are you? Did God lie? Where he lives and how he lives in eternity, you're already home. He's already put the edict out. I know I don't look it, but I'm already glorified. And it'll play out and show it in heaven. Fearless. Unmovable. Let them see it on our face. I trust him. Let your worship be not just sitting in this, standing in this controlled environment. But when all hell's breaking loose and you go, I'm good. I'm good. May we honor him with confidence. Father, we bless you today. We honor you as Lord of our life and Lord of all. Lord, as we study prophecy and the things that are unfolding and the things that shall soon be, may our confidence be in you and let it be so evident that others would ask us of the faith that's in us. No fear, no anxiety, anxious for nothing, anxious for nothing. Absolute trust in you. And I thank you for your promises of the Lord that are yes and amen and that it will unfold and happen just like you promised. And there's a great blessing to those that trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man. Be with us this week, O Lord, as we start back to school with our babies and face the myriad of responsibilities we have. Draw us closer to you, O Lord. Let our lives bring you great glory, we pray. In the name of your Son and and our Savior, we ask. All God's people together said, Amen. Have a wonderful week. Unmovable.